It's another fine day at Camp Dynasty. I am Counselor Austin, joined by Counselor Colin. And Colin, we are taking a step back this week. We're It's 2023 season at Camp Dynasty, but that doesn't mean that we've forgotten about the 2022 class. And with the NFL season officially now over, it's time to go back and redraft this thing. We're doing a 2022 redraft this week. Yeah, got to take a take a breath, you know, kind of recenter ourselves um, and, and look back at some of the previous campers that we didn't really get a chance to touch on last year since we just started out with this 2023 class. Yeah, this we'll we'll do this every year and I th- it'll hit a little bit different next year following, you know, an entire years plus worth of talking about these players finally getting to see them in the NFL but what's fun about this is that we didn't get to talk about these players at all and now we get to revisit this class and sort of almost compare and contrast it in some ways to the guys that we have been watching and the upcoming class there's always questions about you know how does where would this guy fit into this class and things like that now What's important to remember about this is that there's a couple of different ways you can come at this thing, right? Like we have the 2022 numbers in front of us, but how much do you weigh performance versus evaluation and some of the things that maybe don't show up on the stat sheet? So that's what we're going to find out today. Colin, you and I might be approaching this totally different and that's going to make it fun, but We'll see how it goes. Yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see kind of your ideas of where these guys land after, like how much one season affects the value. Right. Because we we were pretty, uh, we communicated a lot before last year's draft, so we have a good idea of how we valued these guys before last year's season, and then you know it played out, and now we get to see how much that affected our opinions on these guys writ large. And I said it last week, I will not, just because the, the tape isn't out there does not mean I'm not going to cover, I'm, I'm going to cover up my misses. I'm not going to do that. I will be very transparent. And I mean, let's be honest, it's kind of hard to miss after one year anyway, one way or the other. I mean, these guys have a long road ahead of them in many cases, but uh, let's find out how, how it shakes out. One important note, just before we get started here, this is all with everything that is as it is today include like Brees hall has a torn acl that he's rehabbing from that is factored are we (laughs) yeah Brees tore his acl breaking news (laughs) on the podcast no that is it's factored in so you posed the question last week colin how high does Brees still go in this sucker and i said i mean i think i know where he's going but it does make it interesting considering that he is coming off of an ACL tear. So with that all said, we are going to flip a coin to decide who is going to be the first overall selection. I'll let you call it. Tails never fails. It is tails. Never fails. So you will get the first overall pick, and we will go in alternating order. No snake here. So 101, Colin, one year removed. Who's it going to be? 
Well, as you know, I held the first overall pick in our Dynasty League that we're in together. And I took Brees Hall. And I did not regret that pick through about seven weeks. I was feeling really good, actually. And, you know, there was talks about Dynasty RB1 potentially. You know, the rookie running back kind of taking over. had Was just getting better every game. And then he tore his ACL. And then the questions kind of come up. It's like, man, do we, do we go Brees again? We do. We do go Brees hmm. again. I'm taking Brees number one. <laughs> I mean, he – man, this Jets offense can be really interesting. It can improve uh, because they had basically no quarterback last year. And Brees was – really good once he was involved in this offense. I mean, in the first three games, he had six carries, seven carries, eight carries. And then uh, once week four came and he started getting double-digit 15-plus carry games consistently, he started to put together consistent RB1 performances and he uh, 66 yards, 97 yards, 116 yards, and then even a 72-yard game plus a touchdown in the game that he tore his ACL against Denver so I think Brees should be the number one pick I can't fault you if you go another way but I think Brees still is in a incredible situation and has a ton of talent and I mean ACLs aren't what they used to be yeah I well first of all I I agree with you I agree that Brees, even with the information that we have about his knee injury, would still be the first overall pick. I mean, I was sort of in the minority last year of folks that did not have Brees as their RB1 in the class. And honestly, I thought his pre-draft hype was a little bit out of control. I thought it was very – him being mentioned in the same breath as Jonathan Taylor – that that kind of stuff was really throwing me off. And he proved me wrong. He did. I mean, he was as dynamic as any back in the league. Had he been able to have a full season, he probably would have been rookie of the year in the NFL. He would have been worthy unquestionably of the 101 that he had as a, in ADP. So, yeah, I mean, it's a knee injury. It is what it is. We'll see how it goes. But at this point, knowing what we know about how he did perform last year, I think he's still the guy, 101. Yeah, yeah. Second overall then falls to me, and this is this is not a spot I like to sit in, honestly. Really? Um, I really don't like this because – there's a lot of different ways I can go here, right? Can I sh- I could follow the I could follow the numbers. I could follow what happened with some of these receivers and what happened there. There's a running back here on the board that looked pretty damn good himself who was my RB1 in the class going into this thing. And there's also my wide receiver one from the class that's sitting there and maybe he didn't put up the numbers that some of these other guys did, but I still believe in the talent 100%. With all of that said, I'm going with Kenneth Walker at 102 because what we learned, what we learned about the 2022 class was that the wide receiver group was, in fact, deep as hell. All of these guys, for the most part, all of these highly drafted receivers showed some really promising stuff in their first year. 
And running back was the premium position in this class. And so if I'm at number two with hindsight on my side, I'm going to snatch up that other running back who put himself in the dynasty RB1 conversation during the season once Rashad Penny went down. Uh, Kenneth Walker is the pick for me. Yeah, uh this this was I mean who I was tossing between uh, for the for the first pick I mean Walker had some incredible games I mean extremely explosive one of the I mean just best pure runners maybe in the league as once he came in and started just dominating he had some rough patches but I mean he's a rookie that's bound to happen every once in a while and uh, Rashad Penny pending free agent for the Seahawks so he should have a hold on this backfield on his own so I mean this is a a slam dunk number two pick I just realized that we're drafting and I should try to win the draft because (laughs) you know I got crushed so hard in our last in our way too early mock so I need to give I could not like it I need to get my competitive juices back flowing because I was just coming into this like a friendly redraft. No, I gotta, I gotta lock back in here. <laughs> get yourself yeah. locked the f in, man. <laughs> All right, two running backs back to back. Maybe no surprises there, but this is where it gets really, really interesting when you hit this cluster of receivers that, like I said, they all pretty much panned out. But which direction do you go with the first one, Colin, at number three? See, this is this is where my competitive spirit makes me want to take a guy just to make sure that you can't have him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I know who your wide receiver one in the class is, and I know he didn't uh, make you feel worse about him, and I could take him. Or... I I could go another direction, take the NFL's offensive rookie of the year, who had an incredible season despite bad quarterback play, and that offense should get better with a new quarterback, like I said, with Brees Hall. So I, I'm between Garrett Wilson and Drake London here. Uh, Drake London would be purely to steal him from you. Garrett Wilson would be the smart pick and uh, following my big board. So I'm gonna I I'm gonna stick with my board. I'm gonna go with Garrett Wilson. I mean, you can't you can't go wrong there. I, th- but th- this really is the question because, like you said, NFL Rookie of the Year Garrett Wilson looked incredible. I mean, you you really can't go wrong. The question is pre-draft. Where did you have this guy? Because if he was your wide receiver one, it's a slam dunk. You feel great about it. But if you liked another player or even a couple players better than him, are you willing? to look at the the outcome of this season and still roll the dice on your player so it's a it's a worthy conversation i but garrett wilson at number three feels like a really really good pick just based off of what we know and the rumors that you know the quarterback situation in new york is likely going to improve in some way or another next year so um i don't you know what he did with mike white I that's that's all you need to know right there. I know who that player is. I I remember Garrett Wilson managers rejoicing every time Zach Wilson was announced to be benched 
was yeah. like it was <laughs> like oh yes we got Joe Flacco this week like we're gonna see some some catchable targets for Garrett Wilson and I mean to put up 1103 receiving yards with the smorgasbord of quarterbacks that the Jets trotted out this season is pretty damn impressive so I I can I mean he was my wide receiver at two or three I think before this the the draft but um man he yeah he was super impressive this year something weird here so I got the fantasy pros ADP pulled up and I don't see when this was pulled but I'm assuming it was last summer because I don't know why it would be beyond that. Garrett Wilson had ADP six, which maybe I, he went he went second in our league. So maybe my uh, yeah. image of him is a little bit distorted. But six is uh, that felt kind of low. That, seems, but. that does seem low. Who who's uh, anyway? Let's yeah okay. We'll get through them. We'll yeah. get through them. Um. So okay. Garrett Wilson goes number three. I'm on the clock at number four, and I'm taking Drake London because yeah. some I know there's going to be folks that listen to this and they say, why in God's name would you take Drake London over Chris Olave, who had a phenomenal season, who should have gotten more respect in the rookie of the year conversation. I mean, he was completely neglected from that. Um, despite having over a thousand yards receiving as a rookie in a terrible situation in in New Orleans, the you know Andy Dalton quarterback, but this is the line in the sand here where the pre-draft stuff and the year one results meet up for me because Drake London, despite the Falcons memes and everything that went on in Atlanta and uh, you know. All of that, all of it. Kyle Pitts owners know, Drake London owners know that it was it was not a good time for fantasy. But then you go and look at how the season ended for Drake London. He finished incredibly strong. He came on. He was he was getting targets all year. I mean, Marcus Mariota was just playing awful. And when Ritter came in, London's numbers got much better. And it's Desmond Ritter. Okay, so. It's still not even a real quarterback. And Drake London ends his rookie season with 866 yards and four touchdowns. That is a successful rookie campaign for any wide receiver. And it's a player that right now, a hasty owner that is fed up with it and that really doesn't know what's going on, this is the biggest buy low you can get right now with these wide receivers because everybody's talking about Gary Wilson. Everybody's talking about Chris Olave. Even Christian Watson's got buzz behind his name and the running backs. Drake London is quietly just sitting there having a fantastic rookie season in a horrible situation, and he's a player that I would be looking to own everywhere. Yeah, he's fourth on my board too, so I I – aligned with you there where he looked great he looked like a dominant receiver of the like prototypical x build where if he's getting you know eight to 12 targets a game somewhere in that range he could be a wide receiver one 
easily. And the problem is you got to get them 8 to 12 catchable targets from a meaningful passing game, which they didn't necessarily have in Atlanta, as you beautifully outlined. So uh, don't got to rehash all that. We we know that the Falcons are hoping to improve. I mean, Arthur Smith did do a lot of good things for that team. Uh, it should be looking up. Hopefully they can get a guy in the building and all this Desmond Ritter you know, the heat that's starting up with like, oh, we believe in Desmond Ritter. Hopefully that's all just kind of smoke and we can get beyond draft season and see something happen there. So hopefully they get a quarterback in that room and we can see the full potential of this very fun, young passing offense. Because I can't see the Falcons investing this much high draft capital in receiving weapons and then being a power run option team with uh caleb huntley and tyler algier and cordero patterson like that that just doesn't feel like a realistic outcome for this front office like what they had in mind when they drafted these guys i mean we before we move on i feel compelled to say arthur smith good coach yeah good coach i mean don't don't come at me with the Arthur Smith stuff because that team overperformed. They were winning games. I mean, I understand the competition, NFC South, that whole thing. I understand. But, man, what, what he did with the sum of that parts, and it pisses people off because obviously your guys aren't performing the ways that you want them to, but he was winning games. Let's get a new quarterback in there. Let's get Lamar Jackson to Atlanta, yeah. please. <laughs> Because I did see that the rumor that that'd be pretty fun. That would be an ideal situation for all parties, I feel. So um but yeah. All right. Falcons ranting aside, we'll get there again eventually. Number 5, Colin. Mentioned him already. Uh Chris Olave. Uh Andy Dalton led New Orleans Saints put together 1044 yards, four touchdowns. Very good rookie year uh he was he was my wide receiver two garrett wilson was my wide receiver three uh pre-draft now that i'm remembering clearly um and i mean i love this player before the 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 polish of these guys coming out of ohio state is incredible i mean the he's not only a deep threat he also can do a lot of other things i mean you saw him kind of put a wide receiver one type of season together where he a wide receiver one on the saints is what I mean, where he uh, put together all of his tools to kind of dominate and uh, got knocked around a decent amount. You know, the little bit of the too small thing going on with him, six one one ninety, got beat up, got right back at it and didn't really miss a step all season. Um, only had two games three games under 50 receiving yards all season uh very very nice season out of chris olave i mean yeah thrilled to have him i mean that it it illustrates this wide receiver group talent that chris olave has the season that he has and he still falls to number five because it was an amazing season it was an amazing season for chris olave this was another player that sort of gets pigeonholed into a certain archetype yeah and you you see it time and time again where really really good players 
doesn't matter their size, doesn't matter their, you know, to a certain degree, it doesn't matter about their size or their, you know, how they win. Good players are going to win and they're going to be productive. And that's what Chris Olave did. I mean, you look at the the numbers behind the season that he had. I mean, it's arguably the most impressive of the class. 2.42 yards per route run. I mean, almost 15 yards a dot. I mean, he was a down the field weapon, just like he was at Ohio State. Didn't miss a beat in the NFL with Andy Dalton. So great pick. It was a value pick in, in most cases. I mean, ADP here has him at five over Garrett Wilson, which I don't like. I don't believe that Chris Olave was going above Garrett Wilson oh, in man. most drafts, but. I mean, this was a guy that was probably around six, seven in, dra- in most drafts, and he paid off in a huge way. Yeah, definitely. And it sounds like they're going to be bringing in a veteran quarterback one way or another into New Orleans, and it should be, it, it will be an upgrade over Andy Dalton, whether it's like Derek Carr, or Jimmy Garoppolo, or whatever. I mean, the Saints can't help themselves. They've already, you know, put so many assets into this roster and they just keep retooling and retooling and you know selling the future to win now and whether that's good for the saints or not is kind of not the point and so they're going to try to get a quarterback in this room and michael thomas who knows what's going on there so olave should be the wide receiver one for the foreseeable future in that room don't forget about Rashid Shahid. He's Am a I dog. right? <laughs> dog. Where's he getting drafted in this sucker? Uh, I got him on <laughs> my doing, board. We're doing <laughs> one round, by the way, so probably yeah. uh, might have to wait for the four-round mock for that one. But um, All right, I'm on the clock again, and I it, we're on number six. This is kind of a tricky one for me, honestly. This is where it gets weird for me. This is kind of where it got weird in the actual draft last summer, and I don't think there's a lot of answers now. You have, okay, thought process. Yep, give me, walk me through it. You have running backs that way overperformed their evals, their draft capital from last year. They're on the board, but... We got this massive class of the 2023 campers coming in that are going to displace some folks. We got a bunch of free agent running backs that have a ton of talent. Running backs in the NFL are going to get shaken up over the next few months. That is a fact. So I'm still afraid of these guys, despite the fact that they produce. So I am not ready to choose a running back here. I'll say that. So that's eliminated, which leaves me back to receiver. There's some guys that I like, guys I liked pre-draft, guys that had good seasons, and I think I'm just going to go with that perfect blending point again, like I did with Drake London, and I'm going to take George Pickens because a player here that I had a very high evaluation on pre-draft last year, a player that was falling in many cases. If you drafted before the hype train took off, he was later first in in most cases. I mean, it depends, I guess, if you're playing IDP, Superflex, whatever. But 
he was kind of away from the top tier for a lot of folks. And I wasn't really ready to say that he had a good season, eight, 800 yards and four touchdowns. I mean, that is a good season. Just like I said, with Drake London, I mean, that is a great rookie wide receiver season. I have no reasons to believe that he will not continue to build off of this. And I'm taking George Pickens at number six. Yeah, this is this is where I I knew this was gonna go. <laughs> I, I I I felt this the whole way. Um, Pickens is a good ball player. Had a lot of highlights. Uh, one of it seemed like he is Kenny Pickett's favorite target. And if they're gonna continue with Pickett, which they have no reason not to, then it seems like Pickens is gonna be at least the tied as the number one option, one A one B with Deontay over in Pittsburgh. So uh, them shipping out Chase Claypool was kind of the signifier of Pickens is our guy. He's going to be lined up opposite Deontay for however long he can be. He's going to be our, our guy to go get it, you know? So yeah, I got zero issues with this. He's a, he's a freak athlete and somehow the Steelers just keep raking in these guys and it keeps working out for him so yeah george pickens he's he's i mean at severely underrated at every point and it just he just keeps proving people wrong seriously i mean this guy got this is like and and you're already gonna hear it you're we're tying these classes together the the guy that fits this sort of a bill god Right? No, right? I know. The guy that fits the sort of bill this year is Kayshawn. No, he doesn't. But he doesn't. That's the problem. He's going to get packaged into that. He's going to be the the supremely talented player that is falling, you know, that type of deal. The, I mean, the more I, – I said this a few weeks ago. The more I watch 2023 or 2022 film on these guys, the less Boutte – was impressive pickens was always impressive he just tore his acl that's all that happened seriously that's, that's it. all that happened and he dropped all the way down so yeah not the same thing but just because a guy has attitude problems and is athletic doesn't mean he's the same <laughs> as a different player like yeah Kayshawn. <laughs> now if Kayshawn gets drafted by the steelers though yep there we go <laughs> slam slam I'm, I'm moving him up two spots in my board. I don't care where he is. I'm, I'm moving him up. If if he's a man, but, uh, yeah, Pickens, he was so good at Georgia. And like you said, he just tore his ACL. Like, that. that's basically all that happened. And uh, the Kayshawn thing is just – It's I've seen it a lot, and it's really annoying. It's like, well, how similar is the Kayshawn thing to the Pickens thing? It's not really similar. Kayshawn's tape is not good. Pickens tape yeah. was incredible. Kayshawn put out a year of bad tape. Pickens yep. didn't. He just got hurt and didn't play and came right. back at the very, very end and made an amazing play in the national championship <laughs> game. So, I mean, I don't I don't know what you want from him. But, all right. Number seven, Colin. So, again here, <laughs> some question uh, marks. Yeah. Here's, here's where – here we go. So – there's a few of few guys that you know I like that yep. I, I could go with here. Um, there's a few guys that showed some stuff this year 
And like you said, we're going, how heavily do we want to go pre-draft? How heavily do we want to think about how their rookie season affected them? And my wide receiver one in the 2022 class was Traylon Burks. And he's fallen to me at seven. So uh, I'll take him and I'll be happy about it because uh, though he had a lackluster season in terms of box scores, I mean, 444 yards, two touchdowns, uh, he didn't play the full season. He was injured off and on. Uh, He showed improvement in the facets that I wanted him to because he came into the league and he was this raw project player that was 6'2", 230, that generally only played slot at Arkansas. And Vrabel basically challenged him, hey, you're learning a new position. I'm sorry, you're playing X, you're 6'2", 230, you're going to be a jump ball guy, you're going to be running you know, the majority of your routes out of the outside position. And Burks took on the challenge and it wasn't pretty. I'll be the first to say that. And, uh, I mean, you, you see it in the box score, that 444 yards, two touchdowns. But you got to see these flashes of him improving, of him proving that he can be an X, and all those skills of him being a slot are still there. I mean, the jump ball ability is there. The deep threat stuff improved which you saw a few times, a few game-breaking plays where he went up and made a contested catch down the field. And I just think that there's still a ton of untapped potential with Burks, and it seems like he wants to get better. Like it, you, you hear clips, you see videos, you see him going to Vrabel and asking questions and you know, seeing, holding himself accountable. And that's, that's the kind of thing that, you need to see out of a guy that struggled is how can I get better? And it seems like all Burks wants is to improve. And I think I saw enough improvement out of him to warrant a higher pick than this, but with how loaded this class is, it's hard to pick him higher than this. Yeah. For me, he does, he doesn't come into consideration at all until the, that last pick. Number six was the first time that you really consider him. And this was a player that for a little while had legitimate 101 buzz around his name. Obviously, by the by the time the draft rolled around last year, that had sort of cooled off. And then obviously the reports of all of the shenanigans, that all poured in, and then everybody panicked and freaked out. I still was considering him at six. It was Pickens versus Burks because... Pre-draft, I had Burks slightly higher than Pickens, but the tiebreaker for me was the performance of in the rookie season. Now, that's not to say that Burks' season, 444 yards, two touchdowns, was a failure. I mean, it wasn't a failure by any stretch. Um, what I want to ask you, though, because this is an important question around Traylon Burks right now, buy or sell? Oh, okay. So I think, I think he's a buy. I think if you're, if you, if the owner of Burks 
is disappointed in his rookie performance, then you can get him for because okay. So this is a problem: is are you going to sell or are you going to buy him for a pick? Because you could probably get him for a late first, twenty twenty three first. But I don't know if you want to do that. I, I don't know. I, I guess it depends on what you're giving away. He's a buy. Yeah, he's obviously he's a, a buy. He, he's one hundred percent a buy. Yeah, the, because the thing is, like, I think if you went to a Burks owner Hello? and said late first this year, yeah, they would take that. They would just they would just take it. I feel like that's where we are. Right, loaded class. Late firsts, very valuable, very sour taste. Unless you're a person that loved Traylon Burks in the process and you have not, you are a smart and savvy dynasty player and you know not to overreact to things and you know to give wide receivers time. Anybody who is hasty or impatient or mercurial, they will sell this player because they are terrified that he is the guy that was picked in this cluster of potential stars in the NFL that didn't pan out. And that makes people panic because they want to get what they can while they can for the investment that they made. Do you think that that's accurate? I'm trying to think rationally through this as a Burks owner. <laughs> yeah, but I'm see, like... you are a, you are a, you are, you are a rational player of the game here you are you know to not panic sell these guys right uh, yeah i i guess you could say that i i try to be level-headed as often as i can and think through things i was just trying to think okay if you're since we've been so heavily covering this 2023 class it's like right you're going 107 and later somebody's gonna buy burks for or somebody's gonna sell burks for that and that doesn't feel good to me because you're you're missing out on the top tier of this class and the wide receivers are so weird that like are you gonna trade burks for quinton johnston or jordan addison i mean that just doesn't feel good to me because uh what what's the difference between johnston and burks like Burks has a year NFL under his belt, so he knows how to play football, and he's the unquestioned, going to be the unquestioned number one probably for the Titans next year. And you're going to trade him for Johnston, who is an athletic freak that has questions if he's an ex-receiver. Like I feel like we're just kind of on the merry-go-round one more year. Are you going to trade him for Addison, who? You know, there's questions about his size and uh, this and that and the other thing. I don't know. I, I feel like, yeah, as a rational, level-headed Burks owner who is a little frustrated with this rookie performance, I, I wouldn't trade him for a first, which means you should buy him for a late first. Exactly. You hit the nail on the head. You walked it through. Somebody sees late 2023. We've heard about this class for years everybody's pumped up about it it's maybe it's cooling off just a little bit but i think it's still there where that late first is carrying a lot of weight right now and i'd be i'd be totally fine i mean you're talking about 
what? Uh, Tank Bigsby for Traylon Burks. Right. You pulling the trigger on that? I mean. Yeah. So. Interesting player, though. Very. These are the conversations that we need to have a year later. The fu- the first five or you know, maybe six, but mostly five guys locked in. Those were the guys when it started. Those were the guys when it ended because they all looked really, really good. Now we get into this territory of injured players, underperformers, players that overperformed, and what do you do with them? So let's keep the train rolling. I'm more interested to see where you go here because I feel like there's like a couple tier breaks in this 22 class where it's yeah. like, you know, the Brees through Wilson and then it's like London Alave and then it's like Pickens Burks. And then it, I feel like it, it breaks off again for me after this. I mean, go back to last summer. The, the tiers were, I mean, it was very similar. It was right in this range, six to seven. That was the tier. For most people, I mean, some people didn't have Pickens. Like, sit, I would have, I would have drafted Pickens probably at seven uh, last year, pre-draft process. That wasn't always going to happen. Now he's in. We get Burks in. Now we're on number eight, and this is where it gets interesting. But, hmm, <laughs> I thought I. <laughs> Oh, man. I thought I knew what I was doing, and then I panicked before I said it. (laughs) Yeah. no. Talk me through it. Talk me through it. What's going on? All right. Well, okay. Okay. We're going to go inside of the war room right now. Jamison Williams is is on the board. Now, Jamison Williams is this player that maybe you loved him. Maybe you didn't want to touch him where he was going, where he was getting drafted. ADP, according to Fantasy Pros, oh, okay, yeah, no. He's ADP 30 on this. So this list is not, this is not an accurate list. So I don't know. This is about the range. Anywhere from four to seven, I feel like, was like where he was going. Now we're past that. Look at the rookie season. I mean, he barely played. He was recovering from the ACL. Everybody knew that. Everybody knew that was happening when they drafted him last summer. This is not new information. Limited action didn't do much. Very limited touches for him. Again, not really a surprise. He could have not played this entire season, and I wouldn't have really been shocked by that. So I was going to take him. I was going to take him right now. But unfortunately for Jamison, there was one player that came on way too strong and looked way too good that I was lower on than a lot of people, but I am going to eat my words And I'm going to take the risk of letting Jamison Williams fall a little bit further. And I am going to take Christian Watson. Because what we saw out of Christian Watson was like the best case scenario, which is a good thing. Like this was a player that had a range of outcomes that was this 
what he actually did. That was the top. And then there was, he can't do anything. He's not winning at the NFL level. His athleticism isn't letting him win. And he's, he's on track to be a bust. He was boom or bust. That's what he was. And he boomed. And I have to follow that. I have to follow that because he has the mold. He has the athletic profile and the build and what we saw this year, the skills to be an absolutely dominant force at the NFL level. And that is something I can't ignore. I can't, the risk of Jamison Williams, the type of player that he is already not a guy that you love for fantasy necessarily Christian Watson he was the guy. He was the guy this year, and I, I have to take him. Yeah. I Man, Watson had a special year. I mean, the injuries in camp and stuff kind of giving him this slow start, and then the drop against Minnesota uh, basically sealing his fate as, yep. like, the rookie wide receiver that Rodgers can't trust and all that. And then a few more injuries along the way. And then week 10 happened against Dallas. And he puts together the hat trick. And like you said, he boomed from then on. And it was week after week of pretty impressive performances. I mean, I had the dud against Minnesota. But other than that, he was serviceable for the rest of the year. And for a guy like this, I mean, you just didn't expect to see the game in and game out consistency you expected to see like the mvs thing where it's like yeah i'm gonna throw you a couple bombs and if you catch one good if you don't well you're getting 30 yards but it it seemed like he was putting together you know solid games and even even like his bad games against like the rams he's got four catches for 46 yards which is fine like you're not this is not the guy you're expecting to be your number one receiver. This was never gonna be Devontae Adams. But like you said, it was either he was gonna be the guy that he looked like in the first five weeks of the season, where he's putting together thirty four, nine, eight, one, twelve yards, or he's gonna be what he was for the rest of the season. And it seems like if he's gonna keep developing to be that guy that he was in the back half of the season he's going to be a pretty special player for a long time. So, so number nine, number nine. All right. So you had a long soliloquy about Jameson Williams. Um, and he's a value here at nine, but my board has somebody higher and it was somebody that I liked more pre-draft. And we, we both know that this is Jahan. Um, so I'm debating between taking Jahan and taking Jameson Williams because Jahan had a good year, not great, uh, 523 yards, seven touchdowns. He started off pretty nicely, and then he was hampered by a hamstring injury for a lot of the year. Uh, ended the season pretty strong his last four games. They got Eric Bieniemy over there now calling plays. Uh, he'll likely take over for Ron Rivera when he retires. I, I've heard that that's their plan there is to kind of get Eric in there so they can have some stability going forward. And then 
who knows with the quarterback situation, but I mean, if they have some stability there and they have like a respected offensive coach, somebody will want to come there eventually, you know, or they can draft somebody. Um, but uh, Jamison, the, the talent is just, uh, you know, I, I don't know where to go here. Cause I like Jahan a lot, but the value of getting Jamison at nine feels too good because just because he was hurt because obviously a lot of people have him higher so this is do i go with my board do i go with uh the the people pleaser i think i gotta go with Jahan. i gotta go with my guy i mean best hands in the draft by far i'm sorry he's got the stick em on catcher's mitts feels like um He's a, a great route runner. He plays a lot bigger than he is. Uh, man, it's a lot of fun. I, I, I You almost forget that he went 16th in the draft. He's he's underrated at this point. He was underrated at the draft. And then he got picked 16th, and people were like, whoa, that's high. And then he played well. So, Jahan, my guy, we're sticking with him. Yep. Jahan Dotson was the ultimate battle between – draft capital in the nfl pre-draft eval what do you do with all that i really really liked Jahan dotson i did not have a problem with his draft capital that was totally fine for me so i wasn't worried about it and like you said good season one thing i love about his season you mentioned his hands 11 for 18 on contested catch opportunities He did what he did at Penn State in the NFL behind Terry McLaurin with a terrible quarterback situation. So this guy, well, you say, you know, the 500-yard thing, like it's not – I mean, 523 yards and seven touchdowns as a rookie, I'll take that. I'll take it. I will absolutely take that. So I I took Traylon a few picks ago, and he was, what, 450 yards? So Right. So, I mean, this was a successful rookie season for Jahan Dotson, and I can't, I can't fault you for taking him over Jameson here. I mean, it's, it's a worthy, worthy uh, comparison and consideration there. But now go run your card up. That, that, that being <laughs> said, number ten, Jameson Williams. I mean, again, it's, it's the same thing that I said at number eight. The difference here is that this is. This is the end of his fall. There's nobody else. The running backs still don't interest me here. They don't interest me because I'm afraid of every single one of them. Whereas Jamison Williams is going to be the dude next to Amon Ross St. Brown in that offense. We saw how much better the Lions offense looked this year how renewed it was. Jared Goff was even playing well again this year. They have so much talent. I mean, with Amon Ross St. Brown, Jamison Williams, DJ Char. I mean, that, that whole gamut of folks. And, I mean, Char- yeah, I said DJ Chark. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. I'm just saying. There's Josh a lot of Reynolds. talent there. Yeah. No. Hey, whoa, we had a few <laughs> games to start the year. No. Uh, Jamison Williams. That's what I'm saying here. I mean, you got, there's talent in that room, but nobody like Jamison. Amon Ra will be living in the slot, doing what he does. 
Jameson will be doing what he does, taking the top off, winning from the outside. And honestly, man, I know we didn't see much. I know there's not a lot of targets or anything to, to point to, but there's a few. There's a few moments from this very, very limited rookie season that can make you excited for what might be the first fully healthy season of James Williams' career. Yeah, and at least he only has to go up against Amon Ra because Amon Ra is just a slack guy. You yeah, know? Right, so, right, exactly. You know, Jameson's going to get all the targets because slot guys aren't real. They don't uh, play the game, actually. <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, Jameson, I mean, he had one catch for 41 yards. And, like, it's not a lot of fun to, like, look back on this season for him. But this was always going to be a lost season because he got hurt in the championship game, which is in January. So, you, I mean, you're looking at him – Basically, he, he got picked 12th four months, three months after tearing his ACL. And that was an ugly injury, too, on the national stage. Everybody saw that. So I'm, I'm happy that he got out there. I mean, he had a touchdown against Green Bay called back that we both were pensively excited about. You know, we were both sitting there like, oh, no. Yeah, no. Jameson Williams in person can confirm very fast. Yeah. Very fast player. That's my contribution to his analysis. (laughs) So it'll be fun to see what he can do. And, I mean, as a NFL player, I feel like he will severely outweigh his fantasy production. Uh, So that's why I was a little – hesitant to take him because i mean i we we'll see we'll just see what kind of value he brings to an nfl team he gets the deep guy syndrome he gets the deep guy he does but but last year i mean this was a guy that like i think we've already talked about the james williams versus jalen hyatt thing yeah like he was he was more well-rounded than that yeah so He's not a guy that I'm necessarily like afraid that he will only be like the, you know, one catch for 68 yards and a touchdown guy. Like that's not what he's going to be at the NFL level. But the, the one catch for 41 yards and a touchdown guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, all right. Number that was number 10. That was number 10. We got two picks left and the board opens just like it opened in the summer. When you hit this part of the draft, all bets were off. Everybody basically from 11 to 18 was on the table here. Who is it going to be one year later? Man, this, this is this is tough. But I think I'm going to stop the running back slide. I'm going to bookend my draft with Brees at the top and Damian at the bottom because he, I mean, the guy is just an animal. I mean, if, if Houston doesn't bring a running back in and he is a piece, a starting running back piece in an up and coming offense headed by a rookie quarterback with a young weapon outside, I mean, he could be, in line for a RB1 season next year. I mean, he could be one of the few guys that has a clear path to, you know, running away with a starting job. So 
yeah, Pierce, you, you see the highlights. I mean, you, the, some of the games are really frustrating to watch because you, that Houston team was so horrible and it's like Davis Mills and Kyle Allen. So you could just stuff nine guys in the box to stop Damian Pierce, but then he'll make like six of them miss and get three yards. So it was pretty fun, but I, this is a bet on maybe they won't go running back and he can head the backfield for them since they draft him in the fourth round which is not like super low capital. He was 107th pick. I mean, this this is not a guy that's like was a throwaway pick for them. He wasn't a UDFA. You know, he was a kind of shot in the dark on a guy that didn't produce a ton in college. And, you know, we'll see. And I think that he proved that he kind of, that he deserves to be a starting running back. And Lovey realize that but now lovey's out of town so we'll see how D'Amico ryan's and company feels all right so i have a question for you yeah when you're sitting on the clock here i agree it has to be running back because the risk reward payoff here is like if they don't take a if they don't take a running back in the draft they don't sign somebody it's a huge win it's a yeah. massive win at 11 what makes you take damian over Tyler Algier. I don't like Tyler Algier. That's mostly like as a uh from watching Tyler Algier, like not You're I don't like him as a person. Yeah. Like watching him play it is not inspiring. Like I feel like the Falcons could easily sign somebody to replace him. I feel like all of his stats are volume based because He, I mean, they had a creative run game, like I mentioned before. They had a lot of holes open up because of the QB run game. I mean, the, man, the scheme was just really good out of Arthur Smith. So I feel like Algier was getting a lot of easy yards that we all can see if you watch close enough aren't, like, real. Like, if you look at Damian Pierce's film versus Algier's film – you can see there's a huge talent discrepancy. And I feel like I'd rather bet on Pierce's talent, keeping him as an RB1 over Algier, keeping him as an RB1 in Atlanta. Because, I mean, if they're trying to build a contender, they're trying to do some stuff I mentioned before, they invest high picks back-to-back years in their receiving room. I just don't see why they like why Algier would have a better future outlook than Pierce. The trick question answer to this is I don't want either of them, but <laughs> I agree with you. I just find it very interesting that Tyler Algier had a thousand yards as a rookie. He had 4.9 yards per carry, three touchdowns. He didn't fumble. He looked way better than I thought he was going to. And yet, we still all sit here and say, dude, it's Tyler Algier. <laughs> like this guy <laughs> sucks. Like I feel like he's at some point it's yes, it's replaceable. And I, I a hundred percent agree with what you said. I think the fault, the chances that the Falcons spend capital on a running back versus the Texans. I think that's the difference maker. I could yeah. see Damian surviving better than I could see. Tyler Algier surviving 
But that being said, I and I think a lot of other people, we got to give Tyler Algier some credit, man. This guy had a this guy had a good season. He had a good season. He had a good season. He had less touchdowns than Pierce and had a hundred more yards. <laughs> uh, with a better scheme, better head coach, better quarterback, better receiving weapons, better O line. Uh, go run go it back. Go Tyler run it Algier. back. Yeah. I, I'll no. tell you, if I'm redrafting 2022 draft, I'd rather have Pierce. So what's it gonna what's it gonna say when I just poured my heart and soul out for Tyler and I don't and take you, him at twelve? Right, because, because I, yeah, I know you're not gonna. It's okay. Th- that's that's where we're headed. So okay, this is we'll when we finish this thing, I want to do a quick little like lightning round of like guys that are uh, we'll just do like a buy or sell because there's some names here that are very interesting. I mean, this was a class that was was deep and some names kind of emerged that maybe we weren't even expecting. Names like Tyler Algier, Brian Robinson, I'm going to include him in there. James Cook even gets an inclusion in this conversation. But if I'm looking at the class and I'm thinking about who do I trust to gain value from this point forward, because that's what this is about. I'm 12. I'm looking for somebody who can gain value for my team. Maybe he ends up being a contributor. Maybe he ends up being a guy that I try to flip. There is a name right now that I think is a little bit maybe under the radar. And the situation was bad, very bad. And it's almost certain to improve. Maybe in a massive way. I'm going to take Alec Pierce. All right. I like it. It's kind of a hot take. I just trust Alec Pierce to have more value than these running backs moving forward. Like... If if you if you put a trade in my inbox today that was Brian Robinson for Alec Pierce, slam. Give me Alec Pierce. If you put a trade in my inbox today that was Alec Pierce for Tyler Algier. Maybe it's not a slam. It's a slam. But I think I talked <laughs> myself into it by the end. Like, that's what I'm saying here. Because, yes, Michael Pittman is a thing. He is their wide receiver one similar player types, similar roles. But Alec Pierce, I mean, he had a he had all things considered a nice season, 593 yards, two touchdowns. I think the touchdowns number gets higher next year. I think the I, across the board, I think it gets better next year. They might have Bryce Young. <laughs> I mean, I I'm not worried about him being wide receiver 2 if they got Bryce Young in the room there. So I don't know. I think this is a sneaky, a sneaky guy. This we're entering into that sort of like buy now territory where like if somebody doesn't really appreciate the what they're sitting on, maybe you go inquire, try to get Alec Pierce because again, it's a name that's lost amongst this talented, very, very talented group of wide receivers this year. But a guy who had a nice season, and honestly, I like the player coming out. I like them. I like them coming out. 
very athletic, big, fits my type. I'm taking him at 12. It's a good pick. I I had I was thinking that running back would go here, but I definitely can't blame you for going Pierce. I feel like he's got a long career as a big play guy ahead of him in Indianapolis. And it sounds like they're going to go young quarterback regardless in this draft because they have the fourth pick, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, Ursay is, you know, publicly saying that he likes the kid out of Alabama, you know, (laughs) the shocking, shocking that he's always just, Oh man. (laughs) So, if he can, you know, talk the front office into doing that, then they'll have a quarterback with a pulse back there rather than trying to wheel Matt Ryan or Nick Foles out there or uh, the other guy that they had, the Texas <laughs> Sam kid. Ellinger. Sam Ellinger. Yeah, so uh, Alec Pierce, like you said, only way to go is up, and he had a solid season like it it wasn't flashy it wasn't a lot of highlights there wasn't a lot of glitz and glamour around it but it was a cool 600 yards and so yeah if if this passing game if and when this offense in general improves because i mean jt had nagging injuries all year so uh, quentin nelson had nagging injuries all year Uh, this this offense is bound to explode so with that that AFC South race should be pretty fun between them and the Jags too, if they have a fun young quarterback back there. If we almost made it through the entire podcast with nobody screaming, uh, the shriek broke right there. I think that one might that one might rub some folks the wrong way, not going running back there. But I'd like to talk about some of these players that got. Snubbed. Neglected, snubbed at number 12. Tyler Algier. It's real simple. Buy or sell? I don't know. Cut him. No. Maybe it's, <laughs> maybe it's not simple. No, you. I'd say I'd sell Tyler Algier. I, I yeah. have, you know, I feel like Falcons are either going to address a running back through free agency or through the draft. There's a really deep running back class. We've talked about it. Go check out the running back pod. You know, we just did it a couple weeks ago. And uh, free agency, there's plenty of running backs littering free agency. So I, I think you could sell Algier and feel pretty good about it. Yeah, I that th- this is the hardest one for me just because I could see a situation where they just decide we need to address other needs. Tyler was fine in the scheme. It worked. Let's just ride him. <sighs> That's not how it works. We know this. We try this. We we want running backs to happen. He's a fifth round pick. They're going to replace him. I know. It's I'm just sad. saying. I'm just saying the counter. What, the what should they do and what will they do? You know, they right. should keep the cheap guy that was a fifth rounder that had a thousand yards. Will they? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, give me like ten guys, at least ten guys in this class. You, I mean, <laughs> draft someone on day three. Give They're me better a Banacanda. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just do yeah. it. Okay, Tyler Algier, Brian Robinson. Uh, ooh, they're in Bijan range, man. Um, uh, I hold. Can I say that? Is that you can say hold? I'd you say, can hold. say hold. Yeah, because I mean, if they don't draft somebody, he's going to be there 
at least their goal line back and probably their bruiser. So I'd say hold. Yeah, that that feels right. Cool. Um, I was I was gonna say sell, but you convinced you can, me. You can make the the sell case. I don't. Uh, the sell case is simply the fact that again they're in Bijan range. He's probably gonna get there's. I mean, I they have Gibson, they have Robinson. That's a stronger case for not putting another running back into the room because right. you already have two guys. That's why it's I like the hold. I think yeah. you hold, you just see what happens with them. Because yeah. I don't think you're if you're selling, you're not getting much back in right. like it's, comparison to what you spent. You could find somebody who's willing to ride with Tyler Algier, I think. I don't know if you could find that same thing with Brian Robinson. Right. So, okay. Um, what's next on my list here? Rashad White. Rashad White. Yeah. Are you posing that to me? Do I get I'd, a chance? Yeah, please. I'd love okay. to hear. Rashad White, running back, Tampa Bay. I'm going to say bye. Me too. I'm going to say bye. Yeah. Because I, I think he's pretty cheap. And I think there's a reasonable chance that he's just a, a guy there. He looked a lot a better year. than Lenny last year, I tell you what. Yeah, I know. So that's a buy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Sky Moore, buy or sell. There it is. That's the one. That's I got the you. One. Thanks. Uh, that is, I mean, it's it's got to be, it's got to be a <laughs> can i say it can i say the word no, oh it's, man it the Kadarius tony thing really complicates the situation because they just got a player that's better than sky Moore. yeah and then like they they've shown that they're willing to use him in the role that they probably wanted to use sky Moore in they just weren't expecting to have Kadarius tony on their team yeah so, like, it's not a sell. Like, I'm not. Yeah, well, what return it, on it, investment are you getting if you sell Sky right now? Right. Like, it's a hold and it's a buy <laughs> if you can get him for, like, dirt cheap. Like, yeah. If yeah. somebody is, like, done with Sky Moore and you can, like, get him for a third, I would take it. I would, I would give a third for Sky Moore. Well, yeah. I, I think, I hope you'd give a third for Sky Moore. I don't. Would you give a second for Sky Moore? No. Would you give a That's low second saying. for Sky Moore? No. Would you give two eleven for Sky Moore? Mm, I would not. I would. I feel like <laughs> that's pretty. You know, we're splitting hairs at this well, point. I'm, but okay. like, all right. Sky Moore. What was his, what? Where was he getting drafted last year? I mean, late first in some cases, but I yeah, wouldn't have done yeah. that. Yeah, I wouldn't I mean, have drafted him there. So if you're, I, if if I'm going to take him high second last year, I'm not going to give a late second this year, knowing what we know now. That's fair. I mean, man, that's tough. I mean, that's what you get for wearing 24 as a receiver. Exactly. <laughs> and all the Sky Moore owners just turned off the pod and well, unsubscribed to the podcast. So at least they made it through a little <laughs> over an hour. Before they turned it off. I mean, they were probably, uh, you know, on the edge of their seat when we were, you know, at the end of the f the first round. They're probably like, where the f where's Sky Moore? Yeah, no. 
He's a third round pick now. Right. Okay. <laughs> Get over yourself. <laughs> All right. I got I got three more. Okay. And none of them are quarterbacks, so that's not that's yeah. not a why uh, would they be? Right. I know, but if there's any Kenny Pickett people out there, just yeah. sorry. That's that's what he's saying. <laughs> yeah. If you're a Kenny Pickett person. Okay. The first one Isaiah Pacheco. Mm. What an interesting See, this is the problem. Isaiah Pacheco is just so fun to watch. It's like I don't want to say that he's a sell, but he is. Like yep. I I cannot have an emotional investment in a guy that was what a 6th round pick was Pacheco. It's 7th, I think. 7th round pick. Yeah, I mean I can't be, even though he's fun to watch and he's like the all angry run team with Damian Pierce, like he's a seventh round pick and the Chiefs are probably, I mean, Clyde's still there. Like he's probably going to get some run next year. I, I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's over, but it's, that doesn't uh, change the fact that I also agree with you that he's definitely sell. Melvin Gordon. I, that's who I was There it is. About. Yeah, there Melvin is. Gordon's there. No, I don't know. Well, okay, what what avenue do you think the Chiefs go down? Do you think they just replace them with a running back in the draft? Is that is that simple? I mean, it, yeah, it, they could for sure. I mean, they, there's there's a lot of ways that they could go. It's and it's not even necessarily replacing him that I'm like worried. Well, it's sure. more so the fact that he has so much buzz now because of the super bowl run and he's the angry runs guy and everybody knows this name now i feel like that's why you sell him because you you might find somebody who's like on the hype train that thinks that you know this is a great situation to like buy low on which i mean maybe it is i'm not gonna say that i have all the answers here but if i'm betting on it it's a sell because the the name is carrying more weight than what he projects to be in the future. I mean, Jarek McKinnon had a, like a huge role for that team. Like the, it wasn't like he was like the guy, like f- undoubtedly he had a good season. He, he had a great season for a rookie running back. That was a seventh round pick, but it's a sell. Yeah, I agree. I mean, unfortunately it is. He had, he had a thousand yards. He had six touchdowns. Like, it's all cool, but uh, when it came down to brass tacks, Jarek McKinnon's the one sliding on the one-yard line in the Super Bowl because that's the guy they trust with the ball. All right, so I got two more, but one of them's a cheat. Let's do it. Next one is James Cook because, obviously, we haven't done that one yet. Sell him. <laughs> that, that's a weird one. That is a really it is, weird no, one. No, it is a weird one. Okay. He's so, not a buy. He's not he's a not, buy. Definitely not a buy. I mean, the problem is, again, we're looking at a fun running back class there at the end of the first round. Singletary is not a three-down back. James Cook is not a three-down back. So should they address running back in the draft? Yes. Will they? Who knows? But at the end of the day, I was just not very impressed with James Cook. So you probably got him in the second round. You're not going to be able to sell him for more than you got him for, so you're just going to hold him, and then he's going to be a roster clogger in two years, and then you're going to cut him. Yeah, that seems <laughs> all right. I think he's a hold. Yeah, he's a uh, well, what 
Yeah, he's a hold. I mean, yeah. you're you're going to hold him and you're going to be mad about it. All right, the cheat one here, I'm going to give you three names and you tell me which one you're, you are taking. Got it, got it. Trey McBride, Chig, Okonkwo, Thank you. And Greg Dulcich. Okay. Um, I'm going to do a keep hold. So. Ooh, nice, nice. Right, right, because he gave me three, and we have three. So I'm going to keep Dulcich. Uh, I'm going to sell Chig. And... Mm, wait. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to... No, no, okay. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to buy... Yeah, buy McBride, keep Dulcich. Trade Chig. I think I think Chig has some buzz. I, he's like this weird champion of dynasty or uh, fantasy Reddit. I don't know what's going on over there. Uh, Dulcich I think looked fantastic, and Sean Payton's coming over to doctor up that offense. And then uh, McBride. I mean, we just didn't really get to see it. So I think now's a good time to buy because I don't think people are very high on him right now. And he just didn't really get a chance to show what he can do. So I think you can get him for pretty cheap. Just because you came for my guy, Chig, I'm going to just let you know that he had more receiving yards this season than Traylon Burks. Okay. So. All right. I know that. <laughs> I tweeted this year that Chig Okonkwo is what – Traylon Burks owners wanted Traylon Burks to be. I did tweet did. that. That's a great, yeah, great, great tweet. Great, go follow this man. Great content. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's that's 2022. The chapter is officially hold, closed. Hold on. You're not gonna tell me which one you're gonna do. You're just gonna skip out on the question. No, you're the you're the answer guy. I don't. Uh, hey, okay. I don't... So I have a question for you. <laughs> so if you had to keep one of these three players. It's it's a trick one for you. Okay. Okay. okay so I got I got Trey McBride, I got Chico Quanco, and I got Ooh. Greg Dulcich. Oh, oh man. Okay, that's I didn't consider any of this. Um, what what are my options? Keep trade. Uh, I I I did hold, trade, or buy 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 sell or hold. Buy sell hold. All right. Okay. By Trey McBride, hundred percent. Tight end one last year. It didn't. Yeah, he's a perfect buy candidate. Perfect buy candidate. Hold. Chig. Okay. I'm holding him because. Why not, man? Why not? Why can't Why can't Chig be great? Exactly. And I'll sell Dulcich. I that one's gonna come back to bite me, but I got a soft spot for Chig. I think so. I get it. It He's is a good ball player. It is. it is what it is. All right, that's twenty twenty two. What a what a fun class. First of all, I mean, it was we weird conversations last year about it not being a good class. The wide receivers weren't that great, and all this nonsense. Good class, fun class. One NFL season down for these guys. We saw a lot of promise, uh, specifically at the top end of this draft. I think there are some legitimate superstars in there that are going to continue to ascend into uh, the next generation of stars for the NFL. So 
more to come from the 2022 guys and uh hopefully we didn't offend too many folks on this one but probably, it's fine if we did yeah just tune probably. in next week we'll go back to talking about <laughs> yeah. 2023 2023 and- comes back and it all goes away um so on that note next week the combine beautiful the combine is coming year. everybody we are we are so so close. Next week we'll be talking about some of our predictions for the combine, taking a look at some of the maybe uh, sports betting implications of the combine of who's going to run what, who's going to do so and so. We'll make it fun. It's it'll be a fun show, a, a preview to the week in Indianapolis, which. After that, things get very, very real here at Camp Dynasty. We have to actually like finalize our rankings and sign our name behind things and put ourselves out there into the world. So that's that's all coming up very quickly. I am scared, but the Combine, as always, does not tell the whole story, but it should help paint a picture of some of the guys that we've spent a long time talking about which will allow us to get to that point. So that's always a, an exciting part of the process, and we will be here next week to talk all about that. Stop by Camp Dynasty every single week, because like I said last week, it the fun's just getting started. After the Combine, we really start getting into some fun, you know, draft-related content and things of that nature. So um, it's going to be a good time. Uh, it, it's been a good time, so... Keep coming by every week. Leave a rating. Let us know what you love, what you hate. Hit us up on Twitter at camp underscore dynasty and TikTok at camp dot dynasty. Colin, and that's it. That hey, is another thanks week. Thanks for a thousand. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for. Yes. We just uh, hit a thousand. I, I put it up on the Twitter. Uh, thank you. I know that not everybody's on Twitter, uh, but you know just. We appreciate every single person that tunes in, especially if you're tuning in every week. I mean, a lot of people are going back to our rankings episode. I encourage you guys to do that if you haven't checked those out yet. We did a lot of research and dug deep into all of the 2023 prospects, and you get to get a little bit of insight until we do finalize our big boards come draft season. So thank you. We appreciate it. A lot of love going around to Camp Dynasty. Hell yeah, man. Hell yeah. Appreciate every single one of you that comes, stops by, hangs out with us every week. So with that, thank you all for stopping by Camp Dynasty this week, and we will see you next week.